Welcome to Diamond Niners Weekly for week six of the 2021 season. This is the late night edition. We are back on the air talking all things Charlotte 49er baseball. As always, this is Nick, joined by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? Producer Brad. Hey, hey. And soon to be joined by Coach Woody, live from Bowling Green, Kentucky. They are off the practice field. They're headed back to the hotel. He's going to catch up with us. He'll be here. Well, you're stuck with us until he gets here. So we apologize for that. It's like the old days, Kevin. No, no Coach Woody. It's just us saying whatever comes to our mind, right? Yeah, we're just dropping tons of knowledge, tons of nuggets about Niner baseball like we used to um, before we had a special guest on with us. So, yeah, it's, so, just, it's, a th- it's a throwback Thursday, so this is what we're doing. Yeah, it's throwback. So the guys are there coming off the field. Uh, practice is over. They're heading back to the hotel. Coach Woody's going to gonna get with us here in a minute. Uh, you know, don't forget they're in the central time zone, so it's not as late there as it is for us. So it's all good. We're, we're drinking coffee, and we're, we're ready to go. All right, let's get right in and talk some Niner baseball. Top stories, Kevin. Uh, going on, going back to last weekend, was a big weekend in Niner baseball against Rhode Island. We talked how that series wasn't going to happen, and then it did. almost didn't happen, and then it did happen. And what ultimately happened was the Niners took two out of three, um, picked up a series win against a really tough, really gritty Rhode Island team. I mean, they were, they were impressive with – uh, with their tenacity, that first game uh, Saturday, that was the big, uh, the big deal of the weekend. The, the double header down at uh, at Truist Field in Uptown Charlotte. Niners got kind of a strange game in that first one, where the Niners pick up the the one run in the first inning and then end up winning it two to one with one run in the tenth that the Rams walked in. Um, Niners fall in game two, which was seven innings. Um, Kind of a frustrating game where the Niners couldn't just quite get it clicking, but the boys bounced back on Sunday and got the series win. So that was the last non-conference weekend until we get to the very end of the schedule and do UNCW. But as we head into uh, league play starting this weekend, that sort of wrapped up weekend non-conference play, Kevin. Great series win. Yeah, uh, like I said, last home uh, out of conference uh, midweek. Uh, got that behind us. This now we're heading into conference play on a, a lot of momentum. Um, what a great, what a great week of baseball. I mean, we were uh, we got to experience Charlotte Knights Stadium uptown Truist Field. Um, great day of baseball on Saturday. Saw a lot of Niners out. We hadn't seen those guys in a long time. A lot of our friends, like a it's like a family reunion. Um, then the Niners come back get a get a nice uh, victory at the Hayes, and then uh, two days later he opened up a brand new ballpark uh, in front of lots of eyeballs were on the program this week, and uh, it was great yeah. great to see, great to have a lot of success, and um, uh, it was fun, a lot of fun. Yeah, let's let's talk about that deal down at Truist Field. Um, I mean, everybody talks about the backdrop that stadium has, and it is fantastic, but the nights were just great. Um, the, the concession stands were, were, were open and humming. They were selling, they were selling food. They were selling beer. We had a ton of people there. I mean, I know the lim- I know the capacity was limited, but it felt like a lot of people were there. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the most people I've been around in a year. Um, it was, 
it was nice. It was nice. It felt like things are getting back to normal in you know, springtime. Uh, nice and sunny. Concessions were flowing, and people were having a good time. You know, I don't know how you guys felt, but I mean, yeah, that's probably that's the biggest crowd any of us had been in in, in a long time. But I mean, it felt totally. I was totally cool with it. I mean, it, it felt good that we were outside. People were respectful of distance and stuff like that. But everybody was just kind of having a good time, being respectful. But I mean, it felt right. I, I didn't. I didn't really at any time feel like you know you kind of we've been away from crowds so long you never know exactly how that's going to go or how am i going to feel about this but man it was awesome everybody was just happy to be out it was like you said the weather was great and playing niner baseball and i mean just just good stuff what i thought was was interesting coming out of that talking about the crowd and um mike mike hill made reference to this he did a he did an interview early in the week with uh with the guys at minor obsession and they were talking about this game uh mike hill made a great point that sort of the theory early on or the, the early games that we played at, at then BB and T ballpark um, uptown, we always had a, a marquee opponent. You know, we had an ACC school, we had an SEC school and that kind of drove, it helped drive attendance, but that was also on a weeknight. This game was on a Saturday afternoon and it was the Niners versus Rhode Island. And no disrespect, no disrespect for Rhode Island. Much respect to them for working with us and coming down here and riding a bus for whatever it was, 13 hours to get here. Um, but they didn't bring a lot of fans. <laughs> this was this was a decidedly pro-Niner crowd. And Mike, Mike made the point that, you know, this is getting to the point where people want to see this team play. It doesn't necessarily have to be – we don't have to have the right opponent to drive an uptown game like that. There were plenty of people there, and they were there to see the home team, the Niners, uh, not because we were playing an SEC squad or an ACC squad or something like that. Um, so hopefully that's going to be something that stays in the rotation. Um, getting down there, just moving some games down there, not because we have the marquee opponent, but just because the Niners are there. Right. I agree. Um it's it's a little bit different playing a midweek versus a, a weekend game uptown. Uh, you got your um, you got your your Friday Saturday guys going up against their Friday Saturday night guys on the mound. And be honest with you, uh, Saturday felt like a football a football Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. We were we were out there all day. Uh, beautiful weather, uh, seeing everybody hanging out. Uh, felt like a football Saturday and. Uh, I'd love to see us do that more. Maybe a Friday night game or a Saturday night game in the future with conference opponents, uh, whether uh, schedule permitting with the Knights. I know this year yeah. is kind of odd because they are – well, they're getting ready to start up in a week or so. But um, those early season uh, – those early season um, out-of-conference games, out-of-conference weekends, uh, th- those will be great to have uh, a Saturday or Friday night yeah. game at, at Uptown Mark. Hopefully the Knights will work with us and let us, you know, you, you actually, you were way ahead of your time on this, Kevin, because you've been calling for like a Saturday, a Saturday, a, a key Saturday game to be moved up there. Like ever since we've been doing this, instead of it being like a Tuesday thing, that it should be like a Saturday thing. So if we were bringing like, you know, if, if Rice was coming in or Southern Miss was coming in or FAU was coming in to do a Saturday uptown. I mean, you called that a long time ago and it finally happened. And guess what? What you what you were asking for finally happened, and it worked great. So, see, you were on to it. Well, what, what did they say about blind squirrels? <laughs> uh, oh man, oh, you're a visionary. You're a visionary, Kevin. Now, yeah. the, the 
no offense, no offense to the Niners, obviously, or the Rhode Island Rams, but some pretty awesome stuff happened after the game, right? Because they were running a promotion where kids could go play catch on the field. So Kevin and I, we, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, when they uh pr- they had, the promotion was you, know, you can play catch on the field. And I know you were you're wanting to to catch a Robert Wooder fastball and you didn't get that opportunity, but you did get the you, you did get to catch a fastball for me. So I hope that was a consolation prize for you. Well, I actually caught several of them and several of them I didn't, but that's all right. We're gonna, you know, I'm staying, I'm gonna stay after Woody. I'm gonna get that Robert Woodard heater. Before this is all over with. Okay. It's going to happen. But we got out there. We played catch with Homer the Dragon. Um, there's some really ridiculous video that we did not post of me trying to throw a ball so that Kevin could like rob one at the wall. And it's, it's really dumb video. Maybe we, I don't know. Maybe we should just put it out there. That's, that's, that's some high, high level athleticism on that video. <laughs> Kevin easily gets several inches off the ground going after this ball. So it was fantastic. Uh, the Knights can't say enough about everything they did. It was fantastic the whole day. Wish the Niners had gotten two wins, um, split the day. But like I said, we came back Sunday and got it, got the job done. So got that serious victory. Now, talking about we, we move forward Tuesday night. This was the one that we had circled ever since we found out about Kevin, because I, I know we mention this all the time, but but we don't live very far from K-Town, all right? I'm just a couple miles outside of K-Town. Kevin's just a little bit further than that. Niners got the chance to open up Atrium Health Ballpark. This And, and this is a crazy story. The If you ever went to old Philcrest Cannon Stadium, folks, you know what we're talking about. Philcrest Cannon Stadium opened in, I think, 1995, Kevin, I think was, was the year. Um, yes, it, it was not nice when they built it. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, I, they, it looks like a stadium. We always said it looks like a stadium that they started working on, ran out of money, and then just, like, finished. Said, okay, here's what we got to do to finish it. As it turns out, that's basically what happened. <laughs> it is what happened. Um, no shade. The facilities, it was, it was dated. But, you know, just anyway, no comparison to what – the cannonballers and the city of Kannapolis have built downtown uh, in, in terms of ballpark. Now they, they got it completed. It was supposed to, they were supposed to open that park last year for a season that never happened. So they've been trying to, to make it uh, make ends meet this last year by opening concession stands for lunch. You could go get a hot dog and like do a field of dreams kind of thing where you sat there in the stands and stared at an empty field. Um, you could, uh, the, the kinetic club upstairs open for brunch and for lunch and stuff like that. I mean, they've been running, they've been doing everything that they opened up their store in there for merchandise sales. They've been trying to do everything they can to just kind of to make make ends meet uh, like everybody else during this pandemic. And they finally got to host a game and we finally got to go into this park. We watched them build and, and kind of sort of, you know, we live in the shadow of it, really. And doggone if it wasn't the Niners that got to play that first game. Uh, and on top of that, we got to play in, in, in state in state foe. Um, awesome, awesome night. And can, let's just go ahead and get it out in the open. We just kicked the crap out of App State. I mean, just, just look, look. It's it's right there. That's all you need to see. Okay, great night. 
I do want to get this out of the way because I'm going to get this out of the way before Coach Woody comes on here. I want to go ahead and give a shout-out to App State Baseball because even though they were not able to participate in the first victory at Atrium Health Ballpark, they couldn't put that in their column, they did pay the appropriate respect to K-Town's favorite son, Dale Earnhardt, because as you can as you can see here, let me get my finger. Here it is. Three, right there. There we go. Three for Dale. Happens to be under an E, but there you go. Three for Dale. Kudos to you, App State Baseball, for paying proper respect to K-Town's favorite son, Dale Earnhardt. And for, for those of you who are just listening and not watching, um, my friend Nick has the, the line score from the right field scoreboard in his background uh, tonight, and he is uh, pointing at the number three right now for three right errors. So. Three errors. App State. Good on you. I know that's why you did it, guys. Appreciate that. Uh, it was it was a great night. Um, offense exploded. The, that that third inning was it was lasted about an hour, and I loved every bit of it. Um, pitching was great. Uh, Hale Sims came out his first start as a niner. Uh, four strong innings. He had to sit and wait for that hour long rally. They warmed up about six times um, over there in the bullpen, which is the bullpen is very close to the dugout. I mean. Not to sidetrack, but if you if you're throwing a wild pitch in that bullpen, that's going in the dugout. In the dugout. <laughs> at truest, at truest, it's going like on the field. But at Atrium Health, it's going in the dugout. That's right. You you got to have a lot of trust there, right? Right. Uh, and kind of the same deal when, when we went to the Knights Uptown game. We got to see a lot of folks that we hadn't seen in a while. A lot of honors. Pack the place out as much as socially distant, po- distantly possible. Um, it was great. I, I got a chance to walk. What's that? Who did we see that we hadn't seen in forever? And oh, uh, the Canapolis. Canapolis. You can't you can't open up a ballpark in Canapolis without without uh huh guy Paul, Paul Buchanan. Um, it's great to see him. It's first time I've seen him uh, since I, I don't know when the last time I saw him. Uh, he had a couple oh, wow. signs. It, he was a little light on the signs. I was kind of disappointed. He didn't have a welcome to Canapolis on uh-huh sign. He said but, he, uh, he did have signs. Yeah, he probably they're probably in the Hall of Fame somewhere. They're in Cooperstown. But they are. They are in Cooperstown next to the. Uh, I think he hold. He said he is in the Guinness Book of World Records for foul balls retrieved. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I hadn't checked on it, but uh, it was good all to right, see on right. huh guy. Hey, so all right, here we go. Watch this. Hey, look at there. It's Coach Woody. What's up, Coach Woody? Oh, he's still connecting. Oh, wait a minute. He's still connecting. I jumped the gun. <laughs> Coach Woody, are you with us? I'm here. I'm here, oh, guys. Man. How's everybody doing? We're doing, doing great. good. We're just sitting here telling stories about going to baseball games this week. Man, I knew you would have that picture as your backdrop this week. <laughs> <laughs> we, hey, we are we are on live right now. We are on live, just so everybody knows. <laughs> I just I, I know you I know you too well. I knew I knew you I knew you would do that. I knew it. Yeah, but you didn't know I was going to congratulate App for paying respect to Dale Earnhardt by putting that three on the board. <laughs> um, there you go. 
<laughs> you know, I, I think I actually got Woody right there. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't even know what to do with that. You know what to say. Just going, so, going back to Kevin. We're we're live now. We're live. So, <laughs> man. So here's the deal. I, I, we were we were just talking about that inning with with Hale, um, okay. where he had to warm up several times because the third inning just kept going and kept going. Yeah, he, he's what's he doing over there? I mean, he's like going, man, am I ever going to get to pitch again? Yeah, I mean, it was about four. Well, he had to wait twice because the plate meeting was the longest plate meeting I've ever been a part of. Um, and then he had to wait again for that for 45 minutes. And I mean, I mean, Hale, Hale's like probably the last guy I worry about waiting for 45 minutes. I mean, he every time I look over, he's got his full sweat going, which, you know, is not hard for him. Um, he's intense. Like he's really intense when he pitches and then, you know, but he's also, he's got plyos, uh, which are these kind of rubber balls that, um, that guys can throw off the wall, um, that kind of deaden and they usually use them to warm up before the game or before they come into relief. But, uh, they, we also use them between innings to kind of stay, stay hot. And, uh, you know, he was just doing that and, um, you know, it's his first, his first start of the year. So he had plenty of adrenaline going. Yeah, it was he. It was fantastic. For those of you that weren't there, weren't weren't following the game live, the, the, to give you an idea, I mean, when 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 Woody says like that thing with the bottom of the third was forty five minutes, he's not kidding. So our our buddy our buddy Joe Bridgman and his wife Anna were there with with their daughter Ruth, and uh, Ruth let her parents know that it was time to go home, and they live in the K Town area as well. They left at that first pitching change in the bottom of the third. Joe and Anna took their daughter home, gave her a bottle, put her to bed. Anna told Joe, why don't you just go on back up to the ballpark? He got back. He texted me and said, I'm on my way back. What inning is it? I said, it's the bottom of the third. He said, no, it's not. I left in the third. I said, yeah. He got back. It was the top of the fourth. So he went and put a toddler to bed. And got back, and he, well, he basically got back in the bottom of the third. That's how long. As 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 a coach, we, we've all been on. I've been on both sides of that, you know. So it's uh, you know it certainly feels better to be on the good side, but um, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, no matter who you are, like that that kind of stuff can happen. And it's one honestly, it's one of the great things about baseball. You know, like it's it's there's no clock. You know, you've got, you have to throw the ball over the plate. You like, you have to get the hitter out. And to me, uh, you know, it's actually one of the best, one of the best parts about the game. Yeah. So just, just the all around, um, we, we were, we were talking about this, this week that you guys had and you go three and one on the week. Um, but it's, it's such a such a challenge for everything you're dealing with in this day and age. You're trying to get ready to go on the road and, and everything. You're changing ballparks. Just fantastic to come out three and one. Um, going back to that series quickly uh, from from last weekend with with Rhode Island, which we were so thankful to them for coming in. But Rhode Island turned out to be. I mean, we kind of knew this coming in, but Rhode Island turned out to be a really tough, gritty team. They're a good team. Yeah, and they, I mean it felt like they only had like 20 players in their dugout too. Like that's the other thing. It was like, it was just kind of like, here we are. And they, they, they threw a bunch of punches. That team, 
the, like Rhode Island Rams, Coach Serato, Coach Vance, those guys, you know, coming down 15 hours on a bus, three games in two days, um, 15 hours back. They, I mean, they got my respect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kudos to them for just just even being willing to to do that and and let us get the games in and enjoy truest truest field and all that that entailed. So with uh, we got the bulk of, of non conference play behind us now. The Niners are sitting there at, at eleven and eight, uh, which is good. Uh, RPI numbers are really interesting this year. We've been kind of starting to dig into those a little more. The, it, the Niners are sitting there at forty one. RPI is going to be a little weird this year, um, just because of the, the various conference arrangements. For like like for example, the Big Ten's not even playing out of conference games, so it makes it a little weird. But we've got a fourteen strength schedule. I mean. A, four, a strength of schedule of 14, that's not a fluke. I mean, when you look up and down the, the, the conference – or, the sorry, the schedule we've played, it's been killer. Yeah, no, I mean, we, I mean, we haven't had a layup all season for sure. Um, not that there really ever is one, but we – you know, I mean, go on the road to Greenville and, and you got Tennessee that comes in and um, you play really – I mean, William & Mary – they played really well at UNC Wilmington this past weekend. Rhode Island, we talked about. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, you look, you look, go look at Moorhead State. I mean, you know, they didn't. They didn't have. You know, they didn't have the opening weekend that they would have wanted. But I mean, they they've turned it around as well. And um, you know, it's just it's it's that's what we want. I mean, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. We we're in the hotbed of college baseball. We say it all the time. Like, there's no reason for us to. You know, we, we should be playing. We should be playing, you know, anybody and everybody each and every year. I mean, and we do um, just because of the re- the part of the country that we're in. And um, we've got a beautiful ballpark. The teams want to come play in and, you know, so many good ones around us. So, um, you know, that's that's why that's why we that's why we coach at Charlotte. That's why we that's why our players came to Charlotte is to play in, in high caliber games. Coach, I want to rewind a little bit. Um, Saturday was pretty special. It's a pretty special day for our program. Uh, a lot of eyeballs on the game on Saturday. Uh, tell us tell us about your Saturday playing at Truist Field um, in your hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, you guys step on the field with those nice cream block C on the chest uniforms. It was just a great college baseball atmosphere, I thought, and uh, I enjoyed every minute of it on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't get too many days like that. Um, special. Um, I really, I couldn't get to the yard soon enough Saturday morning. Um, you know, really just tried to stay present and stay in the moment all day. You know, like not. It's so easy as a coach to like you're always looking at the next inning or the next game or the next day or the next week. You know, but but really tried to, and I think we all, our whole our whole program did. We really just tried to stay in the moment and, and enjoy the entire day. Um, you know, but some things that really stuck out to me were um, kind of behind the scenes. Was I mean that was that's the first that's the first team picture we've ever taken. I don't know if you guys saw the picture that I posted of of us before the game. Um, but when COVID shut down shut us down last year we were scheduled to take a team picture a week or two later and um you know with everything and the uncertainty of the virus we obviously you know we postponed and 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 canceled that and and we didn't have a chance to take a team photo and you know i was just 
it wasn't really planned, honestly. It was kind of like we're all just getting ready to go out for team stretch, and I can't remember who it was. But somebody just, you know, we just we just decided as a coaching staff, we're like, hey, let's let's stretch five minutes late and let's go let's go take a photo. And we all got together, and Selwyn Anthony, our our social media intern, she does a phenomenal job with all with pictures and and um, you know our social media presence. She took some great photos of, of us. Um, you know, it's just, it felt like a really, you know, it felt like a day where we really came together as a, as a, as a team and as a program a little bit more. The, it, it was, it really was, I, the Kevin, the Kevin's term for it today, that day was, it felt, it felt normal. We, <laughs> that's the way it felt on the, in the sands. And it was, it was nearly, uh, nearly a perfect day. I mean, obviously we, we, we split the, we split the double header, but it was nearly a perfect day. Uh, except I did, I never got a fastball from Robert Woodard on the field after the game. It just didn't happen. I had to settle. I had to settle for for take for catching Kevin, and that's that is what it is. You know, it's what I'm probably saying? about the same. It's probably about the same speed. So don't worry about it. Well, th- thank you, Coach. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just being honest. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's all right. You know, I, I I did the best I could with what Kevin had to offer, and I, I told everybody else we got here. There's some ridiculous videos we have that we have not shown to anybody of us doing things like throwing the ball up so that we can rob them like off the wall and stuff like that. And got it, got to see it, got it, got to see it. If, if you don't, if we don't see it, it didn't happen. Uh, well, let's we're, just say it didn't happen. Let's just say it didn't happen. <laughs> we were we were trying to do our Carson Johnson and, and Todd Elwood imitation out there because. Both those guys made some great catches in that game, uh, uh, but we were just we were just trying to follow in their footsteps, literally. Yeah. No, they did. I mean, it was, gosh, especially in that first one, um, our outfield play there late. If we don't make those catches, that you know that that, that could have changed. That probably changed the entire the entire outcome of that game. Those those were tremendous plays. Well, we were actually not trying to lay out like those guys. If if one, if I could get in the air like Carson did on that one catch, I probably would have just not gotten back up. That was <laughs> that was full extension. It's, yeah, but not, not yeah. Big you big mentioned you mentioned the defense, uh, and that in that first game we scored in the first inning, we scored in the tenth inning. Um, Bryce McGowan pitched a great game, and it I didn't know it at the time, but it was his twenty first birthday. So happy belated to Bryce McGowan. Um, Bullpen came in, put some zeros up, got some great defense, and then we literally walked it off in the in the tenth. Um, talk, take us through those those final few innings, coach, uh, on game one on Saturday. Yeah, no, I mean it, it came down to uh, I mean both both starters really settled in, and I think his Twitchell is was really tough. Um, you know, two two very different styles of pitchers in Bryce and and, and, and Twitchell, but. Um, um, but both equally effective and, and got, got both the teams deep, deep into the game. And, um, you know, we had to really match up there um, at, at certain points of the game. And uh, our, our bullpen in that first game was tremendous. I thought, I thought, um, I thought Gus Hughes, Gus Hughes and Jackson boss and, and some guys made some really big, really big pitches there for us um, in game one. And, um, you know, just, you know, in the home team. Fortunately, we were the home team and got the got the last crack at it, and and um, that was a good arm that they were throwing against us, and we just had a tough time finding the zone. And our guys, 
you know, had really great plate discipline and, and had the walk walk off. Yeah. So coach, when, when we, uh, moving forward to, to look at sort of look at the week as a whole, and I know we, we normally do like weekly, uh, weekly awards with you. Um, you may not have those handy right there sitting in your hotel room in Bowling Green, Kentucky, but I'd <laughs> say we're putting you on the spot. Let's just go through as far as the week, go, the week that was goes. Well, yeah. Let's kind of look at some of the, some of the, the, the performances that stuck out to you, if we could sure. do it that way. Yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, I mean, you got to start, you got to start with, with Bryce and, um, and, and Brooksy. Um, you know, I know Brooksy, Brooksy didn't, ha- wasn't quite as sharp as he, as maybe he had been previous weeks, but he still battled and competed and put us in a position to win. And, um, you know, I, I thought, I thought that, um, on Sunday, I thought Andrew Lindsay was, was also, that was so great to see. I mean, we're, for us to go where we want to go as a team, you know, we, you know, we need Andrew going, you know, going like he was the first three weeks and, um, and this past Sunday for us. So, um, it was certainly great seeing him get back, get back on track. And, um, we've had, you know, we've got some guys that are dinged up positionally, but, um, you know, the, the, you know, guys like Gino and, um, you know, Nate Furman and Austin Knight being Austin Knight and, um, Aaron McKeithen being Aaron McKeithen, you know, you, you know, guys are just, you know, they're really, they're really pulling their weight and, and picking up, picking up the slack while, while we've, you know, we're dinged up a little bit. And, um, you know, it's, it's like you said, that Rhode Island team, they're a really good, they're a really good team. That's a, that's a tough, that's a tough series to win. Um, you know, it took everybody. Yeah. We, I mean, we talked about Gino last week and he, he, he stayed hot this past week. Um, ended up getting the first hit at the Atrium Health Ballpark, which was a double, and um, I guess he scored his second run of the ballpark on the ballpark's history. So, and he went four hits, four hits on the day uh, at Atrium Health Ballpark. Um, yeah, he's awesome. he's only getting hotter, and he's moving positions. He went to, from second to first, uh, making a good transition there. Um, zero errors on the board for the Niners all week. Well, there was one error in Saturday's game, but didn't really affect anything, but zeros for the rest of the way this week. Uh, talk about Gino's play, especially in the field and at the play. Yeah. I mean, Gino's just so talented, you know, and he's such a, he's such a great kid and, and great teammate. And, um, you know, we just, we knew there, I mean, we'd seen it, we had seen it in the fall. He, he was a little bit dinged up in the fall, so he didn't get as many reps as he should have. And, um, you know, so really the preseason was kind of like his fall, as far as, you know, kind of a little bit of a late start on the development, um, facing college arms. Um, but we knew, you know, the first week or two when he wasn't quite in there yet, we knew he was getting closer and closer and it just took, you know, it just took one opportunity. It took one opportunity, um, you know, for him to get, to get in there and a, and a little bit more, um, staying role versus a pinch hit role. And, and he's running with it. You know, and that's that's what we talk about all the time is is you just you never know when those opportunities are going to come. You just got to work and work and stay ready. And to his credit, he has. And he's, you know, the talent's through the roof. The talent is through the roof. And we knew that um, in the recruiting process. I mean, um, you know, B-Rob just did such a fantastic job recruiting Gino and his family to 
to come to Charlotte and, and, and join our program. And, um, you know, our whole coaching staff, we were, we, we, you know, really worked, um, you know, even after he was committed to, to continue building a relationship and had to fight the draft, had to fight the, the drafts and the Cincinnati Reds and, and some other clubs for, you know, for him to, to get to campus. And, you know, I'm just, I'm thankful he's here. He's, he's a, he's a great kid. He's a tremendous teammate and, and then, you know, his talent is really starting to show out. So coach, um, if, if you could talk in the, in the general sense about the offense, uh, since we're, we're talking about those performances um, for a few games coming into say Tuesday night, uh, offense was, was working through some things. The run production was down a bit. And then you have a game like Tuesday. Um, it's not I – don't, I don't think it's necessarily that you're doing anything different. It's just that everything kind of comes together, and suddenly you're putting 18 hits on the board. Talk about how, how a performance like that on Tuesday night not only breaks you out of maybe some doldrums you were in, but propels you going forward. Well, I think it shows – I think it reiterates to the guys that nobody's got to do it by themselves. You know, like you don't – I think sometimes, I think sometimes when you're offensively, you know, you feel like, you know, you feel like it, there's, a, you know, a lull or a stretch. Like you feel like you've got to be the one to get in a box and you've got to hit a ball 500 feet. You know, like sometimes it just takes a walk, you know, and then the ne- it takes the next guy, you know, executing a hit and run. And then it takes the next guy to, you know, get a base hit and, and you know, just string stuff together. And it's not like, it doesn't have to be, just, you know, home run, double, double home run. Like, you know, it's great when it is, when it does happen, but, um, you know, I just, I just think it, it reiterates to the guys that, that, you know, the hitters that are behind, you know, whoever's hitting, he's got good hitters behind them and they don't have to rely. They don't have to put all that weight and pressure on themselves. They just have to go up there with a good approach and a good plan. Um, like we talk about all the time, stay with that approach and stay with that plan and compete with two strikes and less than two strikes, try to do as much damage as possible on pitches that they can drive. And if the pitcher makes a good pitch with less than two strikes, you just let it go. You know, and that's where I think sometimes when you get, sometimes when you're, you know, offensively, you know, you, you, you can kind of go cold. Again, everybody tries to swing their way out of it. Sometimes you need to take your way out of it. You know, sometimes you need to just take your way, you know, let the pitcher, let the pitcher throw borderline pitches for balls instead of getting yourself out on weak ground balls and weak fly balls and that sort of thing and get yourself into better counts. And so, you know, that it's, it's, it's not uncommon. There's, there, there's every team on around the country goes through stretches and, and truthfully, it's just, you just, you just stay with it and you keep plugging and you, you keep, you keep um, going after it because you know, at some point you're going to break out of it, you know? And um, you know, so it's certainly great to see Tuesday night happen. And um, you know, it's just, it, it, it's, it's in there. You know, you've heard, you guys have heard me say it 50 times. If we see it, we can't unsee it. So, um, you know, that was, it was certainly great to see, but, um, I think it just, I think it just bonded the hitters and a little bit, you know, it was there and then it was kind of like, all right, let's all just try, you know, each guy trying to kind of do maybe a little bit too much and, and, you know, let's, let's, let's run the offense. Let's string the offense together a little bit more and be connected, you know, a little bit more of a connected chain. Um, but kind of lastly, too, it's another thing that it's it's why we always hammer like pitching and defense so much. You know, we want to be a program that's built on pitching and defense um, because when when you have those stretches, you know, we and you've heard me say it before, like 
tomorrow tomorrow night like my mentality is like let's let's win one to nothing let's win one to nothing if it, if we happen to win by more than that then great you know if we if, it, if they score early that's all they get you know but you you go in with that mindset that you have to be mentally prepared to to be comfortable in those one nothing two to one three to one two to one games and you know the, the, that East Carolina series we just you know we lost three to one twice you know and and we just got a little bit out pitched and a little bit out defended and a little bit out executed. Mm-hmm. Uh, coach, um, before we move on to Western Kentucky, I, right now you are the only coach in the world that has a victory at Atrium Health Ballpark. Um, give us a rundown of, of what that ballpark's all about and what your experience was on Tuesday night at that brand new uh, $54 million ballpark. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's first class, it's state of the art, it's it's uh it's got all the bells and whistles and the video boards and the sound system and the you know, the playing surface is immaculate, the dirt, the grass, everything. Um the fans are right on top of the you know, right on top of the playing surface it feels like. So And the organist. And the organist. So, you know, it's a great it's a great environment for families and you know to to go out to a ball game and they've got a really unique really unique setup in terms of just the dugout suites. I don't know if you guys noticed that our, our players were distancing in, in the dugout suites, but you know, in non non COVID world, you know, there's going to be people sitting right there. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be interesting for the, uh, the cannonballers manager. Um, he's going to hear. There is no there. separator right there. I mean, we, no, there's none. No, I mean, it's, it's nothing. I mean, you, it's a part of the dugout. It's not next to the dugout. It is. It it is a, it is another dugout. It is it is two dugouts connected. And, and how about that bullpen, coach? You didn't you didn't use the you didn't have to use the walkie talkies there because I mean you were right by, like, you were right next to the bullpen catcher if you're standing in the dugout pretty much. Yeah, our guys are probably laughing if they're if any of our guys are listening because they know that the probably the most mad I ever get is when the walkie talkies don't work and um, I, I just I can't stand it when communication breaks down. Um, and so Cobra two gets pissed Cobra two. I, I threw Cobra two. I picked up Cobra three, Cobra three didn't work. I threw Cobra three, I picked up Cobra four. So Colby Bruce, Colby Bruce, Cobra one. And, and I think he was sweating down there. Cause I think he thought I was mad at him and I wasn't mad at him. I was mad at the, the walkie talkies. They weren't working, but uh, did you eventually just walk down there? Um, I, I eventually, we eventually just kind of figured out that they could hear me, but I couldn't hear them. So I bet we kind of went with like, uh, I'd call down and then they'd give hand signals, letting me know where the pitcher was being ready. Um, you know, but that, that is honestly, you know, it, it takes a lot to get me really kind of fired up and mad about stuff, but just when walkie talkies don't work and you're trying to match up pitchers, you know, and, and you got pitches being thrown and you got, defensive to a line and you've got you know you've got you got things to do the last thing you want to be thinking about is you know does the bullpen know that he's that the pitcher warming up needs to you know be ready for two hitters from now and we got it we're, we're squared away and um but i just think that stuff's really important you know i think it's mm-hmm. i think it's really um you know there, there's some some teams still use the bullpen phones and i can't stand them like it's you know, it's too it's too slow of a process to go walk over, pick up a phone, let it ring, 
wait for somebody to pick it up. I mean, people still do that. It's just crazy. <laughs> I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, but in the bullpen's right there. I mean, that's, that's honestly, we put a sign up to like for people to not stand right there because there, that is, <laughs> that is one concern I have is, is the bullpen cat, the catchers are right there at the end of the dugout and you've got to be, you know, I mean, our guys throw pretty hard, but there's, there's going to be guys, there's going to be multiple upper nineties guys that are, that are warming up in there and they're in a ball for a reason. Usually um, it could get, it could get interesting in, you know, there. So I, I do worry about that, but um, outside of that kind of logistical function, I mean, it's, it's immaculate. Like it is, it is, um, you can feel the history with the uh, downtown Kannapolis right there and the, you know, the old buildings off in the distance and just the, you know, the local convenience stores and everything right there as you're, as you're pulling up on the bus, it's just cool. It's just really, really cool. Um, our guys loved, our, our guys loved going there and playing and um, we can't, we can't wait to go back and, and play again. Yeah. Good deal. It's a good night. We ran into, we ran into Trevor Wilt several times and, and we, we, Literally, I mean, ran in because Trevor was running around that ballpark. Uh, seemed to be breathing heavy every time I saw him. So, fantastic night. Appreciate the Cannonballers having us down there. Can't wait to go back. Can't wait to catch some Cannonballers games later in the summer. So, going to be fun. Yep. All right, Coach. Um, we're going we're gonna to move on to Ask Coach Woody. And Ask Coach Woody this week is coming from really close to home because the question this week comes directly from producer Brad. He's stepping Hi. up late. Yeah, I was just, uh, I mean, we've kind of jumped around it a little bit, but I was just wondering, you know, you played three home games in three different stadiums this week. Uh, I was just wondering how that kind of affects the mojo and the process of getting ready and uh, if there's any advantage to that maybe later on in the season or anything. Well, I, I think, you know, for from the coaching side of things, it it we need we need to get better to be, become a better team on the road. You know, I mean, we've played really good teams on the road this year, but it was great to see us, you know, even though we were the home teams at Truist and we we're the home teams at Kannapolis, it was great seeing us, you know, get on a bus, take a ride, be in a new environment, go through our pregame in a new environment, compete in a new environment and come out on top. You know, I think, I think, you know, I don't think we could have scripted it any better as far as, you know, look, we didn't play, we didn't play how we wanted to play on the road at Greensboro or Greenville, um, you know, and, um, and then, you know, so to have the opportunity to get, to get some more, get some more tests under our belt playing in new environments, it certainly, I think, helps us be more prepared and more confident coming into this weekend you know, that we don't have to be at the Hayes to get W's. We can get W's at, at other fields and other stadiums. All right. There you go, Producer Brad. You got your question answered. Yeah. You're, you're Thanks, starting. Producer Brad. You're starting. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> All right. Let's start working our way towards the, the real business at hand here. We're going we're gonna to talk some Western Kentucky, um, and we are going to then get Coach Woody to bed because – he needs his rest before we get down to conference play tomorrow. So this is the Charlotte 49ers Grand Slam Club look at the week ahead. Clearly, the Niners are on the road. It's time for conference play. They are in Bowling Green, Kentucky 
for a four-game set, remember, folks, all our conference sets are four games this year. Uh, Friday night, two two seven-inning doubleheaders on Saturday. A double a, – man, my tongue is just tied up. A doubleheader on Saturdays, both games, seven innings. There you go. And then a game on Sunday before the guys come home. So that's 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Um, now, I double-checked this. I was a little unclear. Kevin, you can – you can correct me as usual here. As far as I can tell, fans should be able to see through Western Kentucky's Facebook page. I know they have the games listed. You can watch on their Facebook page tomorrow night and on Sunday. It doesn't say you can watch the Saturday games on there. So I'm not sure what's going on with that. So check back and see if they put a link for watching on the Saturday doubleheader. But starting tomorrow night, they already have a link up so you can watch watch the Niners play. You can always stream the game uh, through our website, get our through Conference USA TV and get audio with Sean. And uh, one of the game the game tomorrow night is on 7:30 the game. So you can check, catch it over the airwaves there. So tomorrow at six o'clock, Saturday doubleheader starting at 1 p.m. and then the finale on Sunday at 2 p.m. Coach, prep us for prep us for the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. What what are we looking for here? Yeah, I mean tomorrow night might be you know it's going to be another it's going to be another uh, you know um, pitchers duel. You know on paper it should be with Bryce and and Jake Cates going for for them and they've got one of the best pure hitters in the league and, and Matthew Meyer, um, you know, he's, he's going to be, he's going to, you know, he's certainly a guy that we're going to, you know, we're going to have to really, we're going to have to really execute and compete at a high level against to get out. Um, but they're a tough, gritty team. I mean, they're a tough, gritty team. They've got, they've got a, you know, a bunch of veterans. They've got, they've got a Sims family member on the roster. So, you know, that, that they're going to be, that they're going to be tough. Um, it was cool. Uh, you know, Hale Hale was sitting two seats behind me on uh, on the bus ride here, so I got to get a little bit of a rundown on on not really not so much Western Kentucky because, um, but more uh, just more on Kentucky in general and the spots and and food and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, Hale's brothers on their on their team, and uh, I, you know, Coach Paulowski and I we go way back. Um, he's you know he's a he's a very respected coach in our in our industry and. Um, you know, former Auburn head coach and pitching coach at college of Charleston actually recruited me out of high school when I was back in 2001, 2002, I was going down to college of Charleston baseball camp as a high school kid. And coach Pulaski was there and recruited me to college of Charleston. So, um, you know, just have a lot of respect for him and his coaching staff and their program. And, um, and we had a really good practice there tonight. So we got to see the lay of the land of just kind of the indoor facility and, and, um, they got pretty fast turf, you know, so we got to get, take some ground balls and, and get some fly balls into the lights and get acclimated. So I'm just excited. You know, this is, this is our coaching staff together as a, as a group. This is our first conference USH uh, weekend series. So, um, you know, getting to see new campus, getting to see new stadium and new environments. And I think I looked it up yesterday. I think we actually only have five players on the roster that have actually played in a conference USA baseball game. Um, you know, so that's just a lot of new experience for all for all of us, and um, you know, something that we're really excited about. And we feel we feel ready for. You mentioned their bats, uh, coach. Um, they 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 crank out a lot of doubles. Uh, we've hit a lot of doubles, and they've hit more doubles. Um, third in the nation 
doubles with 49. So, which is 49, by the way, is a fantastic number. Um, but they're home. They've, they've got one third, the number of home runs than we do, but they've got more doubles. So they're not necessarily going to hit the, hit the long ball as much, but they're going to slug. It's a fast turf, you know? So, I mean, if they, if, if they hit a, if you hit a line drive, if you hit a line drive over the infield, it's going to roll. Um, it's going to be tough, you know, on, on our surface, it's, it's natural. So you hit a line drive to the outfield, you know, the outfielder can kind of swing around it and cut it off and get it in. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, again, it just gets back to, you know, execute, executing good pitches and, and um, you know, the guy, our, our pitchers that are successful pitching up in the zone, going for swings and misses execute there and guys who, you know, really, you know, pound the bottom of the zone and sink it more, you know, they're really executing there, not kind of being caught in the middle. Um, Cause this is a, it is a faster surface and, you know, balls can get the wall in a hurry. Speaking of turf, coach, I had a question that, that brought a question to mind. Um, this weekend at Truist at Truist Field, we played on natural surface dirt. I saw a lot of interesting slides. Um, I was wondering how much uh, how much difference it is uh, playing on the turf. That we have turf at the Hayes, obviously in the infield, and then we we switch over and go to the, the dirt uh, and natural grass. How much difference? How much adjustments need to be made um, when you're playing on the the natural surface versus the turf. Uh, because like I said, I noticed some interesting slides during the, during the weekend. Well, I think the, uh, well, Keiko's slide was because he, he was supposed to be out. If that's the one you think about the second base, he, he was supposed to be out, but he, he, you know, he's just an animal and just aggressive and, you know, some way somehow flipped around it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I think I think the toughest part is maybe that first natural service game we played at Greensboro. We had, you know, we you go an entire fall season of twenty five scrimmages playing on turf, and then your entire preseason of 10, 12 scrimmages, and then you know our our first two home series were were home. Our first two series were home, and then you know our first road game to go there. So that 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 first game is kind of like let's get reacclimated in the second game. You're a little bit more acclimated, but I think by that second game at East Carolina and the third game at East Carolina, I, I think it was, I think our guys were, were more back to, you know, being comfortable on there. And then, you know, once, by the time we got to truest after playing five games on natural surface, you know, but it's really like that first one or two games, it's really different. You just got to get those on your belt. Now, I'm going to ask the big question. This is you've you've made reference to it a couple times already, and and I'm just going to ask you to say what you can. You've mentioned a couple times we're dinged up. We got yeah. some guys that are working through some stuff. Yeah. What can you tell us about availability for for this weekend? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, um, got some guys that are dinged up. David McCabe's on the trip. Um, we're calling him coach McCabe right now. Uh, I'm not expecting to see him available, uh, this weekend, but, um, you never know. Brianna Richards, our trainer is, uh, is, is really good at what she does. And, um, we're lucky to have her and, you know, we're just kind of taking a lot of these things. We're just taking one day at a time, not trying to rush it. Um, we'd rather be a week. We'd rather be a week late than a week early with, with, with some of these things, as far as, you know, preventing guys from, you know, having to really, you know, have things linger through or, or re re injure, um, you know, even if it's minor. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, you know, McCabe's day to day, um, Palali's day to day, Elwood's day to day. Um, you know, so we've just got some other guys that are, that are, um, you know, stepping up and, having some opportunities and over the course of a 56 game season, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Yeah. I will say that, um, and he's just so athletic. He can do a number of things. Uh, maybe first base is not Gino's natural position, but he did a really good job there. Uh, particularly on Tuesday night, he was, yeah. The way he was able to – Dave makes a lot of throws look good the way he digs some of those balls out of the dirt. Gino was doing that on, on mm-hmm. Tuesday night. Yeah, I mean, Gino's recruited shortstop. And so um, I'm a big believer that, you know, you try to recruit as many shortstops as you can. Um, you know, that way you got one that can really play it and you got guys all over the field that can, that can really play it. You know, I mean, we think – I mean, you know, Austin Knight, like he's a shortstop. Gino Groover, he's a shortstop. Carson Johnson, he's a shortstop. Nate Furman, he's a shortstop. Um, you know, and there's others. I mean, you know, so there is just, you know, we've, we feel like we feel really good about, you know, kind of if we, if a, if one of our players does go down, it's again, it gets back to what we said early on in the season. We're not, we don't want to be a team. We're not a team that's going to rely on one player for, you know, for production. Um, certainly the, you know, certainly the guys we we're discussing are, are awesome players and huge parts of our team. Um, but you know, the game, the game doesn't slow down. The game doesn't stop. You know, here we go. Like Western Kentucky does not care. <laughs> they do not, they do not care that we're missing anybody. I promise you. And just like Appalachian state, they didn't care. You know, they're every, the, when the game starts, it is, you're available. Let's go. And, um, you know, every, every player in our program is here for a reason, you know, they're here to help us. And, 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 you know, I'm just, I actually, you know, I certainly, certainly would love to be at full strength every, each and every game, but there's actually a part of me that, you know, when, when things like this happen and you go through spurts like this as a team, I get excited. I get excited about seeing some guys into, into, in there, you know, getting their opportunities and running with them. And cause you know, I mean, just, you know, you never, sometimes, you, you know, sometimes, you know, guys have it, you know, they just need that one opportunity. You know, I'm a big believer in that. So it doesn't really, doesn't phase our coaching staff. You know, I know, I know the guys that are dinged up, they're frustrated because they want to be out there too, but they'll be back. You know, they'll be back and we can, and when we get them back, we'll be a better team because uh, guys have gotten these opportunities and, um, you know, these guys we're talking about are, are really great players and they obviously help us. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, that's, you, you guys talk so much about depth, about having that depth and that's, that's what you have to do. Makes those games like, um, like uh, Tuesday night important when you get some different guys in, like where you can get, um, well, I mean, somebody like Nate Furman, and um, Jacob Whitley got in. I mean, so many yep. guys got in because you, and were able to go and do some things um, and and contribute. Uh, because, like you said, it's a long season. You don't ever know when when your number's going to get called. So, those I thought those two. Helpful. I thought those two guys were awesome. Those guys, Firm. You know, Firm comes in there and and um, you know he's more he's you know he can, he can play the left side. You know he he works more at second base, but. You know, he looked every bit of, you know, every bit of ready over there between innings. He didn't have much action off the bat. Um, but in the batter's box, I mean, Firm, 
Nate's got as, as good a play discipline and eye and vision and he's got a great approach and great plan. And, um, I mean, he'll hit the ball off the wall. He's shown that, but he'll battle and hit the ball, you know, you know, all over the field, when, you know, when he needs to. And then, you know, I'll, I mean, Jacob Whitley goes in there and catches and puts up two zeros. And I think he's gotten a hit every at bat. Uh, he's been in the batter's box. So, um, you know, we knew, we knew, you know, we know coming into four game series, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, he's, he's about to get a lot more innings, you know, back there and a lot more ABs and opportunities. And, and he works extremely hard, our catching core, all those guys, um, you know, AMAC, Witt, uh, Keichel, Tyler Cotton, all those guys, they work so hard every single day, um, you know, catching, you know, catching all of our pitchers and bullpens and scrimmages and everything. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's a credit to Nate. It's a credit to Jacob for being ready when those opportunities come and, and there's more of them coming, you know, that's the way it works. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, we set the table for Western Kentucky. Sounds like we're going to be moving some guys, some pieces around again this weekend. The guys are ready. I'm sure we're all set to go. Conference USA is going to be a war this year. Uh, league play is getting underway. We settled. It'll still have some opportunities to change. But as far as RPI goes, Conference USA is seventh in the country um, in RPI. That's that's really good. Um, there's going to be, frankly, I mean, I think we're at a point where we can talk about there's going to be multiple teams. National National outlets are talking about multiple teams coming out of Conference USA for NCAA bids. And with an RPI 41, we're, we're not out of that conversation. So, yeah. and it's, it's time to, it's time to dig in. Yeah. Um, some interesting matchups uh, this weekend. Um, probably the one, if, if you're, if you pay attention to Conference USA baseball at all outside the Niners, mm-hmm. probably the matchup you want to look at. It's two teams we don't play on the schedule, but right out of the gate, Louisiana Tech goes to Southern Miss. Um that's going to be a fun series. We're going to, we're going to find some stuff out right out of the gate there um, because those are going to be – they always are, but they're going to be two of the tougher teams in this league, and they play each other right out of the gate. So Yeah, they the play league, each other eight times. The league office has a sense of humor, right? They play each other eight times. They play each other – they play each other eight there's, – there's two four-game series. Like we have mistaken. with Old Dominion. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, they play each other eight times. So – um, yeah, I mean, you got Southern Miss's arms and you got Louisiana Tech's bats and, and um, you got two great coaches and Coach Barry and Coach Burroughs that whom I've really enjoyed getting to know the last two years. They're, they're two coaches that, I, that I, I probably speak to more than, more than most in our, in our league just early on. Just, um, but they've, they've been very helpful for me and, and um, very, I have a lot of respect for both those programs. So, yeah, we'll be from afar. We'll be – it will be interesting to see how the, that series goes. Two great programs. All right, Coach Woody, we promised you we were going to get you in bed at a good time. So it's it, this is a good time to go ahead and start winding this thing down. Okay. Uh, as we head into opening weekend 2021 Conference USA League play, which first of all, let's just go back and say it. Uh, this is, Maybe this is the last time we can make reference to this. We didn't get this far last year. <laughs> so oh, no. this is <laughs> – be we, everyone, everyone listening, be thankful. We, we, we made it this far. We're going to play a league schedule, and we're here, and it's on. So yep. there's plenty to be thankful for. In addition to that, Coach Woody, what are your last thoughts on 
promises to be a big win of 49er Bay or a big weekend of 49er baseball. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I just, I think just like you said, I had the same exact thought when I was on the bus ride today. I just was thinking about last year's team. I was thinking about, you know, that was at the airport getting ready to fly to UTSA and just had the, the, the rug pulled out from under us swiftly. And, um, you know, I just, uh, just, you know, hearing the guys talking on the bus, we have two buses um, to try to, to space the guys out as much as possible and avoid, you know, any kind of spread or contact tracing as much as we, as much as we can. But, um, you know, I just, I just love this team. I love this team. I love being around this group of guys. Um, it's a fun group and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad to be here with them. You know, I'm glad to be here with them. I'm excited to see them play this weekend. All right, Kevin, you ready to do this? Let's go. Let's, let's let Woody get some rest. He needs it to – got four four games in three days, so we got to get it. Let's get it on. Let's get it. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. It's time to jump on WKU. First of all, Coach Woody's going to jump on uh, mattress and get some sleep, and then we're going to jump on WKU tomorrow. We love hearing from all you folks. So much fun. Actually talking to people in person in the ballpark again over the last week. Feel free to reach out uh, reach out to us through any of those social media platforms that we're involved in. Um, but like we always say, if you're old-fashioned, just run into us at the ballpark and say hello. We love, love, love talking to you folks about 49er baseball. So until next time, folks, we're going to see you at the Hayes. Go Niners. <laughs>